Blog Talk Radio. At a distance. Hello, good evening everybody, friends and fans from the United States and around the world, whether it's morning or evening, welcome to the Sunday, July 20th edition of, two, of uh, well, one, <laughs> welcome to the Sunday, July 20th, 2014, since we have some of these shows, of Beyond the Gate Radio. We are getting close to five views on radio, we welcome everybody, thank you very much. And I am your host, David M. Baker, and we have two other hosts tonight, Sherelle Baker and Kevin Chopel. Tonight is a dedication show to a special friend and psychic medium of ours, Melanie Runyon, and I will be speaking about that after I introduce the other host. Sherelle, how are you doing tonight? Good evening. Good evening, David. I'm doing fine. Good evening, Kevin. Um, Good evening. <laughs> love being here tonight. I love being here tonight too. This is the one show that always makes me feel at home. I I I feel very close to the both of you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, this show is dedicated to our friend and previous guest Melanie Runyon, who recently passed away. Our show will be hosted by the three of us tonight, and uh, she has been a gifted clairvoyant medium from birth. Her small town upbringing gives her a straightforward, warm, and intimate way of relating to her sitters, which are, you know, the people that come to her for her services that get readings and information from her. The precise information which she gives them has become the basis for healing of relationship issues between living persons and those who have passed on. Melanie is featured in the book, The Bible, 
The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts, written by one of our hosts tonight, Kevin Schuppel, for the healing of the relationship between Kevin and his father, and wrote the forward to his book as well. And Melanie lives in Kingman, Arizona, with her husband Byron, uh, in spirit at this time, but she's also with us in spirit. She has not gone away. Right now, she is a beautiful angel, and now it's her turn to help us from the other side. Now I'd like to bring in our esteemed host, Kevin. Kevin, sir, you know, would you please tell us how did you meet Melanie and how did she influence your life? What did you learn from her and how did she end up writing a forward of your book? And I know that's a lot, but for some of the people that may not know, maybe this would hit the refresh button and then we can get everything going from there. So now I'll turn it over to Kevin. Thank you. Certainly. Well, I will start with the fact that uh, it was the last day of August 2010 that I got a message uh, requesting to be a friend on Facebook. Uh, pardon me, just a quick second. I've got some feedback here that's, that's affecting things. I've got to shut it off. Well, thank goodness we don't hear it here on the air. The echo that no, I apologize. I didn't know what happened was I had brought up the show site on my desktop computer and it was starting to run our show. <laughs> so my apologies there. I just shut that browser off so that, you know, I don't hear the show on the computer while I'm talking to you. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times this happened to me until I finally learned. Anyway, let me go back a ways. In, in, in those days on Facebook, when you made a friend request, you could write a short note as to why you were requesting the friendship. And she sent me this note this day, and she said that Tanya Thomas, uh, who was a medium in London, Ontario, Canada, had referred her to me because she had lost her daughter, Roxanne, a year and a half before that, and was looking for a channeling teacher um, to help her to channel her daughter. And she left me her phone number in that message. Well, I accepted the friend request, but I didn't have a chance to respond to it. Well, it was later that day. I was going to be meeting my wife, Stan, and my son, Ryan, at a place for dinner. And I got there before them, and I was waiting. And I thought, I'll go ahead and call this number. And I called her, and I had to break the news to her. I said, no, I'm sorry, but I'm not a channeling teacher. I, I rather I teach the Bible. I teach a Sunday school class at the Southern Baptist Church. And she went into a story about what she does, and uh, it was a description of being in a hospice along with um, uh, Reverend Barb, who was a, um, a unity pastor, and describing that, her, that Reverend Barb's son had come through, and she was giving the details of her son to Reverend Barb. And I said, so you're a medium. I said, that's your gift from the Lord, isn't it? And it just kind of stopped her in her tracks. And I said, yeah. I said, the Bible said in Joel 2.28, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. On my, on my sons and my daughters, I will pour out my spirit and it's like nobody ever told her that before. And she said, but I was always told that in the Bible only men could prophesy. I said, who told you that? I said, I said the, the, the four daughters of Philip were prophets. Miriam was a prophet. 
Holdell is a prophetess. Um, yeah, I said there are many women in the Bible who can, um, you know, see the future, was able to be a mouthpiece for the Lord, and it was just like she was just totally astonished that I was the first person she knew who was a Bible teacher that had not told her that she was going to hell for being a medium. And I, you know, had gone into teaching her in so many other calls. I said that there is not a scripture in the world that puts down a psychic or a medium. So, okay, what was the second question? You you first asked how I met her. Right. Now, before I get up to the part of, you know, how did she end up writing forward to your book, part before that and after what you said, the middle part, is how did she influence your life? That was the next question. Okay. Well, there was, there was two very big ways that she influenced my life. Um, a couple of days after Christmas in 2010, um, and this had nothing to do with the way I taught my classes in the church, but rather a family issue that I won't go into over the show, um, I had made a decision I needed to go ahead and leave my church, and I talked to Melanie on that day, Monday, December 27th, and I said, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, you know, when I leave this church. And she said, you know, you turned my entire life around. She said, I had given up on God, I, you know, I had given up on living over Roxanne. She says, you gave me a purpose to seek the Lord, and I turned my entire life back to the Lord, you know, through your teachings. And at that moment, it hit me. I thought, this is what I'm meant to do, that I am to share the truth of the Bible, not what churches have been teaching, but to share the truth of the Bible with psychics and mediums and to let them know that the Lord loved them, that that psychic ability or mediumship ability was put in them for a special purpose by the Lord to bring glory to him. And, I've, and it occurred to me nobody else out there is doing this. So, Kevin, somebody must have influenced you to, you know, not to step outside the paradigm of what's been taught into another zone and look back. Somebody had to have said something to you during your life to make you believe this. So, not to get too far off the subject, did somebody in your life, other than Melanie, before her, influence you to look at Melanie and say, yes, you're right, I support you? Actually, I would not say it's someone who told me, but I would say it's a person who lived it, and that's my wife, Stana. Of course, I had a girlfriend before that, and someone can read that account much, which I won't want to, but Stana has her own psychic abilities herself, yet she was dedicated with all of her heart to serve the Lord, and so that caused me to delve into my Bible and say, okay, I know that a person with psychic abilities is not evil. You know, That's right. That's right. And why, why, am, why am I always hearing this? I kept digging, and all I could find was that there's really no distinction between the gifts of the Holy Spirit in the Bible, especially how the Apostle Peter tells Ananias, you didn't sell this land for the full price, you're not lying to men but to God. And I thought, that's nothing different from a psychic. You know, right. we, we receive these messages, and the more I kept digging into it, I was finding that the Bible actually supported psychic abilities, encourages us to use our gifts. And I would, you know, be teaching my class, and eventually I'd tell little 
things whenever the subject came up of, you know, a sign from the Lord or something. And I would talk about, for example, how Santa and I got a wedding date, which is um, a supernatural occurrence of its own. But as shows like Medium, Ghost Whisper, and things were coming on in the mid-2000s, and I was teaching two classes at Famous Street Baptist Church, I began to have people that would ask me, is this for real? What does the Bible have to say about this? And I would prepare entire lessons to share what, how the Holy Spirit empowers people and how not. So that would probably be the best reason for that. I know we're getting a little off the subject of Melanie, but it, in a sense, no. not because this builds to the fact that I was prepared for giving her that answer that I gave on the last day of August 2010 as to her abilities, that I, I knew in my heart that she was not evil just for the sake of being a medium. And thanks to your wife, Stana, this really helped build up you know, a foundation of, of what's to come later on. So after I ask you if it's all right for us to have Stana on later on, this is what I want to do. Have you finished telling us about that and then how she came to write forward of your book? Then I'm going to read a little bit about what she said to me before she went and play a sound bite. After that, we can have some other callers uh, tell us about their experiences with her, and then we can come back back around and talk to you and Stana and have further discussion. How's that sound? Sounds pretty good. I may have to get Stana's attention <laughs> yeah. in the next room. Okay. Um, I should have warned her that she's been on two previous shows. Count on the third. Well, she's <laughs> going to be on tonight if she wishes it. But okay. So now we have, you know, we have a basis for what is the next step. So now you have been in contact with her. Now we know why you believe this and, and how, how you're on the road to discovery yourself. So what further has uh, Melanie done to convince you, interact with her, and then she writes the uh, forward to your book? We're, we're just kind of, you know, I read your book, but for those who may not have done so or have but as a refresher and for future people that listen to this recording, could you please give us a little insight on that? Okay, absolutely. Yeah, well, the, first of all, the title of my book is The Bible, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts. And three and a half years, two and a half years, before I wrote the book, before I had it published, Melanie predicted this. She woke up one morning, October the 4th, 2010, about five weeks after my story I told you, and the first thing that came to her head during that waking alpha stage was, what if Kevin wrote a book to help people like me? And she sent me the message. She said the more she thought about it, the more excited she got. But, you know, I, as I realized that some people could say, well, gee, that's not a prediction. You know, it could be self-fulfilling. But the reality is, when it's a task that you've never done before, and a big task, um... I would say that nine out of ten people never finish it. So That's in a way, true. it had to be a prediction, and that and that both her and my wife would say, if the Lord means us for for it to be, we will find a publisher. We will find a way to get this published, and that's exactly what happened. Um, but as far as how she wrote the foreword, I. Originally, had somebody else that had offered to do the foreword and wanted to work with me, wanted to, you know, help put it into a book. But then, um, about 
two-thirds of the way in the initial stages, while it was still being a rough draft, both Melanie and my wife got a premonition that said they have nothing to do with this person. They said they want to steal your book from you. I know I probably didn't reveal this in other shows, but, but... and I first told Melanie about this idea, and, and she hadn't known what Stana had said, and she said, don't send another thing to this person. You know, don't even talk about a book anymore with them because you deserve to be paid and recognized for your work, and this person's going to steal, wants to steal your work away from you. Stana said it independently without even me telling her what Melanie had said. So anyway, here I am, um, and, you know, that person had offered to do a forward, and I thought, I don't want to work with this person anymore. I'm going to trust what Melanie and my wife are telling me. And then, so I thought, why don't I do, have Melanie do it? And so we did, I asked her, and she gave me some rough draft information, and I, I know that you've communicated with her probably over Facebook yourself. You, It's, it's rough. It's um, oftentimes not punctuated right. Well, I, of course, I edited it and did a lot of work on it and filled in just enough to make the sentences clear. But she then put together that forward, and I have had testimony from people who just picked up the book and started to read it and read that forward, and they said that forward made me cry. Wow. It was so beautifully done by Melanie. You know, it was just giving her really quick you know, explanation of what it felt like for her to grow up as a medium and having to keep her mouth shut about things and how people would condemn her. And then suddenly, here's this Bible teacher. And how she was so glad that this book was going to be there for not only her, but for future generations. And that really brought a lot of readers to tears, as I so heard. You know, that's amazing. Uh, What... I wrote in my book, The Spirit Garden Medium's Journey, published in 2007. I uh, wrote it in 2005 and six, and I was you know, a follower of Medium Echo Boldine. Oh. And she has several books out, and she said something about it already shows in the Bible, but she didn't write a book like you did. She just, you know, paraphrased some of the... Um, statements in the Bible proving that you know, these gifts are real and that's what caused me to do further research and I didn't write a book like you did either but I mentioned it in my book you know especially about the part in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, 2 to 11 where it mentions about spiritual gifts to each and every one of us and I said you know what that's all I need to know because there's never been anything negative or whatever. But I've never, you know, nobody has ever published anything like, why aren't people looking into this? And then when I met you uh, a couple of years ago, and then when I found out, it wasn't until I found out, you know, you did publish some things in the Psychic Twins group that I said, you know, this man here is different. And then when I found out about your book, and I, I read your book, and I said, I was floored. You know, I said, I did a search. Nobody has ever taken the time to do this. I said, you know, this man is here for a reason. You know, you know why? Why is, is uh, all these people here? You know, to teach us something specific. You know, uh, 
Job, Jacob, you know, Jesus, whoever. You know, I'm not saying you're a saint, Kevin, or that important, but really you are because you have helped so, so many people. And when I saw your book, I said, oh, my goodness, you know, I've got to have this guy on my show funny because I've had lots of Christian contact over the years. Well, you know, one way or the other, you know, while they say I, I shouldn't do this because, you know, I'm being deceived by the devil or I've had other people saying, oh, you shouldn't do that because the devil's deceiving you and this and that. And I've always said, but well, look, I'm not uh, into black arts or a conjurer. All, you know, all I do is what I do. And over the years, my messages have been positive and there's never been negative feedback because I do work with Jesus Christ and the angels, all right? No, not devil, dark forces, or some other entities, you know, that are given, you know, inimical, attacking to you or others once you, you know, they get a hold of you. I don't do that. So that your book really resonated with me. And, uh, you know, so... Kevin, you know, things happen for a reason. There's no such thing as coincidences. I they agree. happen for a reason. I agree with that. So I'd like to... Uh, I I met her through you, Kevin, on Facebook. And uh, I guess you told her about my book. So I signed and sent her a copy of my book. She says she can't put it down, but she's trying not to... You know, I said, come on, finish it, Melanie, finish it. So you can give me a critique. But she said... Oh, I keep putting it off just because I fear getting to the last page. David, something happened to me a few months ago, and I've only shared it with Kevin, and it involves me semi-awake in my room, surrounded by monks and a priest. It was quiet. You know, she goes on to say certain things. You know, I won't divulge anything personal about that. But then we started discussion and all. She want, uh, I, I was getting ready to talk to her because she requested that you know, she needs some teaching from me, information you know, to hone whatever she is and to answer some questions. And I said, okay, but I never got around to it. And now I know the reason why. But then we start, you know, talking to you about, talking to me about, you know, spirit drawings and stuff like that. And then she inserted very slyly, I also have a terrible feeling around me it feels like death of someone I know is what she told me. And, and then, he, of course, he, uh, she mentioned, you know, some good stuff about you. And then she says, she does not mean to take up my time. We'll talk later. I said, no, it's all good. No. And I told her, excuse me, talking about death or death. I frequently sense that, but I learned, listen my message to her, but I learned not to pay attention as it is something I've learned that there's nothing I can do about it. And as you know, is part of all of us. I guess it is different when it is someone close to us. I knew our cat was dying even before we took him to the pet hospital. I also knew my dad was going to heaven the last night. I saw him. also saw his mother and spirit in a room ready to escort him home. These are just examples, and I'm sure as a medium, you have had similar experiences. And she said, with me, I know it is to prepare me for death so the shock will not be as painful, sort of preparing me. And I'm wondering, Melanie, what are you talking about? Because some discussions previous to that, 
which I will not read, but you know, I still have the message that we were talking back and forth about death, and I started to wonder, Melanie, what's going on? What are you trying to tell me until I saw this last message? And then I psychically looked at her health, and it wasn't good, and I said, oh, my God, I think something... I don't think Melanie's going to be here very long, but I didn't want to tell her. I just can't, you know. Then the, the last thing she said to me, please, David, look into Mark. He is son of Richard Ireland. He would do a great interview. So I said, okay, I'll do that. So that was her last request. And the last message she sent to me, Everett, and, you know, this is okay for me to read it. Well, hello, bud. How are you? David, please interview Mark. Amazing man, la la. Yes, I'm always trying to move others forward instead of myself. How is the kitchen going? And you know, one or two weeks of kitchen. Thank you. So I so I told uh, Melanie, okay, and she gave me a thumbs up. And I sent her a little angel, and uh, on three eight at four forty six p.m. That was the last time I heard from her. And so Mark is scheduled to be on my show in a few weeks from now. So I did fulfill, fulfill her last wish. And there's one thing I'm going to have Sherelle play a soundbite of when Melanie was on the show that time. So Sherelle, go ahead. It's, it's about, uh, I think, a five-minute soundbite. Would you do that now, Sherelle? Yes, I'll do that. Stand by. Was at a distance before, you know, in cases. Can, can I interrupt yes. real quick, real quick? Sure. Um, I had, I'm trying to think whether it was a year or two years ago, an extremely dangerous surgery that the odds were not good. I made a phone call to Kevin, to Stana, Stana, am I going to make it through this surgery? You're going to make it through and you're going to be fine. Okay, that's all I need to hear. And I'm still here. <laughs> and That's and awesome. so she can do it even without, you know, um, you know, seeing in someone's eyes or touching or whatever. And I think that Stana, you and I had only met a couple times, you know, in person. Right. But there has been many times when I have been really ill and I have called and said, Stana, is it? No, not yet. And that's it. And then I start getting well <laughs> because she is so good at it. Okay, I'll shut no. up now. No, that was <laughs> no, Melanie. That's I'm perfect. I'm glad you mentioned that. You know, you don't have to. Uh, I mean, it sure would be helpful if you're sitting there talking to somebody and get the reading. But you no, know, you can do it from anywhere. Somebody asked yeah. me, "Well, how do you do your, your readings?" You know, to the. Uh, I mean, you know, if you're on the phone with me and I'm in Europe, you know, how can you do this? And mm-hmm. how does this stuff work? And I found that when we connect, my energy connects to them. And then they mention a friend to ask a question about the friend. They asked me, how did I know when I never saw a picture? They didn't tell mm-hmm. me the friend's name or anything like that. Mm-hmm. They could now, my energy is connected to him. Now has his thoughts go, asking the question to the friend. It automatically goes like a, a operator switchboard and connects to that unknown friend. You know what I mean? And um, yes. so Stana can be, you know, sitting in the easy chair in the living room, looking at her 
in magazines and suddenly she'll be relaxed and something will come to her. She'll feel urgency or maybe you'll call her and ask her yes. and she's able to tap into it. That's the beauty of, of the gifts, of there these gifts go. here. Okay. You know, it's really amazing. Okay. And speaking about Stana continuously, I would like to... Uh, to feel and sense things. David, can I mention something again? This is Melanie. Sure. Um, something that I, I feel that people don't uh, understand is that different things can, can cause uh, psychic abilities, mediumship. Some can be birth. Some can be an accident. Uh, some can be hit by lightning. Uh, our house has been hit by lightning four times. Uh, let's see, a severe trauma, a brain injury, comas, electrical shock, uh, near, near death, drowning, um, maybe cancer, maybe getting shocked or even, you know, lighting an electrical stove that'll blow you across the room. There's different things that can start this. It just doesn't have to be, um, you know, born at birth. There's different things that can charge it off. So, like, let's say a woman is 30 years old and has never had any abilities, and, you know, she's in a uh, severe car accident, and all of a sudden she has abilities. Different things can set it off. So, I just, I well, think it's important that, you I, know. I've heard of that, too. I really have. Now, I'm wondering then, if perhaps we were meant to do it and born with it, but it wasn't to be awakened until later, but perhaps it could have been blocked or one of these calamities may have happened purposely to awaken these abilities to the person. What go. do you think? Does that make any sense? Yes, 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 yes. Because we can't quite, we, could, we do not have the knowledge, the capacity, or the comprehension to yeah. understand all the things that are, you know, from creation. We can't know mm -hmm. everything. So it just makes sense from what Kevin said and from what you said that perhaps this could be part of the answer. Yeah, part of the answer. All right, very good. Okay, well, thank you, Melanie and Spirit. And everybody, that was totally amazing. I think it was very amazing. You know, just listening to that sound bite, I'm sitting right in the same chair and listening on the same phone where I had many conversations with Melanie. And it was so uplifting just to hear her voice through this phone. You know, again, yeah. I yeah. couldn't tell you how it felt. It, it was just, just amazing. Well, Kevin, speaking about the phone, we have some people in the switchboard that have been holding for a while. May we bring them in and let them speak what they have to, to contribute to this program. And then after we listen to what they have to say that I know comes from their heart, then we can go on with even more discussion. I How's think it? that would be great. I would love to hear from them. Okay. okay. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, open the switchboard. And let's talk to area code 520. 520, hello, you're on the air. 
Hello, 520. They're probably just on hold, so we will go on down to the next one. Area code 631. Area code 631, you are on the air. Yes, hi. I just called in, but I didn't know if you were doing readings. No, actually what we're doing tonight is this is a dedication show to a wonderful oh, okay. medium, Melanie Runyon. Were you able to or blessed to have a reading by her? Probably not. Oh, that's sad. Okay. Okay. I wanted to say or make a make a comment that I don't know if you guys felt that, but listening to um, Melanie's input, it just not only did it speak to the caller, it also spoke to me when I was listening to it. And it was just, you know, they say when a medium does a reading, not only do, do you feel something for it, for doing the reading, but also the sitter. So there's a little bit of something in there for everyone. Well, I felt something while you were playing the sound bite, and it just kind of touched my heart like I felt that she was on right now talking, and I forgot, and I was, I was thinking, oh, my God, I wonder what Kevin's thinking. <laughs> you know, so, and he just made it clear what he's thinking. So do we have any more callers? We do. Let's go down one, uh, the next caller, area code 203. Area code 203, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, hi. I'm sorry. I was just listening. I'm just listening. That's fine. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Um, have you? Um, thank you for listening to the show. Have you had an opportunity to have a reading by our famous friend Melanie Runyon? I can't remember whether I was able to or not. Well, that's quite all right. But please stay on the line and listen. And you're welcome to listen to the show. And I think I saw another person just pop up on the switchboard. I'm not sure. Cheryl, did you see anybody? Another 740 or one of those numbers? Yes, let me try that. Um, 740, you're on the air. Hello? Hi. Hi, my name is Lori. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Have you had a reading by Melanie Runyon? I don't believe so. Wow. Okay. Well, we're doing a dedication show to our wonderful medium Melanie Runyon. Um, she was a wonderfully gifted medium. And we're also, we have um, three of us hosting the show tonight. Um, have you by chance had any questions about the show? Um, are you doing readings tonight or are you doing a dedication no. to Melanie? Yeah, we're doing a dedication show about her tonight, I'm sorry to say. Um, I'd be happy to give you a reading, but I, I don't feel that would honor her if we did it on this particular show. But you no, know, stay tuned for future shows. We will be doing readings, but you are most welcome to listen or ask any questions. So we thank you so much for calling in. Please continue listening if you wish. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, that brings us back to Kevin. Well, let's. Uh, Bring back the subject of readings, the very last reading that Melanie did for me. Now, you may well know from my book and everything about me, I'm not a guy that asks for readings, but I don't turn one down either. And in this case, it was my dad on the other side asking for the reading, if you can imagine that. 
Oh, yeah. But that was, it was the very last time I was with Melanie Lyon, which was the day after her 58th birthday in Coolidge, Arizona. She was she was scheduled to do group reading at night at 6 p.m. Well, I was there at 3 p.m., and we went out on the back patio together, and she said, your dad wanted me to give you this. She said, when he had his studies of masonry, he said he found out once he got to the other side that they did not, you know, you know, advance him as much as if he had studied the Bible like you, Kevin. He has been reviewing his life, and he's gotten to the point where he needs to ask if you will forgive him so he can continue to move up in his lessons. And I said openly, as she had taught me to do before, I said, Dad, I forgive you for everything, and I'm so glad to hear this from you. Thank you. And she said, you know, your dad's continuing to learn, but he really needed that from you, Kevin. He says you're a good man, and, and he still is proud of what you're doing with the book. And that was my last reading from Melanie. I have never forgotten that. It was just amazing. Wow. Wow. That is amazing. It's it's amazing to me how she can just connect right away to the other side. And sometimes people, you know, when you're reading Friends or you're getting something for Friends, you know, it's kind of like you get that extra critique. You get that extra, you know, if it's not right, they'll tell you right away if it's right, you know, because we as sitters will get the extra you know, validation as, as friends and um, you, you kind of get the extra validation. You don't have to wait. People just tell you how they feel about it and you get the information right away. So that is awesome. That is well, awesome. That was Melanie herself. She, she would give exacting information and she'd give it right away. I, I've seen yeah. it in the group readings with, where she would mention specific names, specific relationships, uh, uh, one person, um, she said, I see a man whose name is Raymond standing right beside you. And the person is like, oh, my gosh, uh, my dad was always called Buddy by most of his friends. Very few people knew his real name was Raymond. Uh, that was one, you know, it's not a, a, as much of a common name nowadays as, as it used to be. Uh, in my case, I was trying out a Skype call with Melanie. I've never used Skype before. And in the background behind me was my bookcase with an um, antique table radio on it. And the first thing out of Melanie was, your dad is so glad to see that you still have that radio that he gave you. I never told him about anything in my office room. I never had a reason to. And, you know, nobody could have guessed, you know, randomly how I got the radio. I could have found it at the swap meet. Right. It could have been a Christmas present. It could have been something that I discovered in a second-hand shop. It could have been anything, but she said, no, your dad is glad to see that you still have the radio he gave you, and it was exactly right. He had given it to me in 1969 before he had had it overseas, um, wow. and it had always been my radio. And I, you know, the, that, that opened it up for me to have the discussion. This leads to the second thing. The second big thing that changed my life that Melanie did, when I, 20 years ago, 22 years ago now, uh, I was 
I was disinherited when my dad had died. I never knew the reason why. And for many years, I couldn't figure out why. I could I thought I've never been dishonest. I've never been a cheat, a thief. I've never slandered him. I've never slandered a family. I thought, what happened? You know, and of course, you know, with the church, uh, the story of Esau and Jacob in the Bible comes up, and, I'm, and I had the question for pastors, and it says, what was so important about a father's blessing that Jacob would lie and cheat in order to steal that blessing away from Esau? Nobody had an answer for me. And I assumed, okay, you know, if you have your father bless you, then God is going along with whatever your father wants, and I felt condemned. I had nobody that really, you know, could give me that answer. And it was after that mention of the radio and our Skype call, she told me two days later, after I had simply asked, why was my dad there? Was he there to condemn me or to criticize me? And she said, no, he was not there to criticize you, Kevin. He wanted to say that you outdid him. And I said, Melanie, I said, how? I said, I don't make the kind of money he made. I don't have the kind of home he did. I never had the positions he had. How? She says, when he got to the other side, Kevin, he realized that none of that was as important as your relationship with your family. She says, you, he's seen how you've stayed married to Stana for over 30 years. He sees how you have been a father who stayed there for Ryan and raised him. He sees what you are doing. He says, he wants you to know he's proud of you. And wow. A lot of, all I can say this to this is that I had a lot of psychological hang-ups at that time. Six months later, I suddenly realized one day in the early part of August of 2012, I thought, you know, the things that used to bother me on a daily basis that would make me angry and worked up, they're not there anymore. And these were wow. things that had been like a monkey on my back for many years. So I said, this is all due to a reading from my dad? I thought, I don't see how they're connected, but apparently they must have been for these things to start vanishing after being a psychological hang-up for all these years. That was a major curing. And, of course, the way I said it on the back cover of my book, I said, this is how a medium helped me when a pastor couldn't. Wow. Now that's deep. That is very deep. The world is a strange place. Somebody doesn't believe in the paranormal. They believe in, in science. And before science and religion used to be at odds. And, you know, now it's not as bad. So somebody goes in the haunted house and says, yeah, right, you know, it's banging pipes. Something, something's got to be, you know, something here physical has to be the explanation. It could not possibly be paranormal. This guy gets lifted up in the air and thrown across the room by something invisible. The guy runs out of the house screaming, and now, oh, right, maybe there is something to it. Hello, you know. And then uh, Copernicus proved a lot about space and everything. So Galileo invented the telescope. And he found out, you no know, religion back then said that, you know, the... Earth and moon and everything is totally perfect, which you come to find out it wasn't because the 
Earth turned out to be orange shape, you know, and the moon was pockmarked and everything. And that, you know, the sun and all the stars go around the Earth. And so Galileo invented the telescope. They found out differently. But the church said, you know, don't talk about this. So he hid his stuff into the future. But when Galileo did perfect his telescope, he invited colleagues to come over. Look at this. is totally amazing. And they absolutely refused because of their powerful religious belief to even look through his telescope, and they refused. And that was, of course, their loss at the time. They did not have an open mind. When Marconi invented radio, some people thought it was voodoo, it was evil, it was magic. You can't see the radio waves, there was no wires, what is it? But later on, scientists explained it, and now we have radio, now we have TV. What about molecules and atoms? Well, they're invisible. How could they be so? What about during the plague of Europe, you know? They didn't know what was causing the plague. They didn't know it was invisible or, you know, very small bacteria that was causing the spread of this disease. You know, so we learn from experience, but you must have an open mind. It's not going to kill you to have an open mind. There's no charge for it. Just check it out. And if you don't believe it still, God bless you. You're an individual. You're entitled to walk your path, and so are we to ours. But don't attack our path because your belief is different than ours. You see what I mean, Kevin? So I believe this all has to do with, you know, we're here in school. It's about spiritual progression and evolution. What is your thought on that, sir? That, well, you're falling into the exact path of why I wrote the book. <laughs> this is actually, you know, I mentioned earlier in the show that I had a girlfriend prior to my wife. She was also psychic. She was precognitive. And the first thing, I was very bewildered as to how this worked. And I had said it to the youth leaders at church one day. I said, what if you had a person that happened to know things before they happened? They says, well, that can't be of God. I'd stay away from it. Well, the first thing I thought was, okay, you're not going to tell me this person's evil over just a belief like that. And I started seriously saying, okay, what path am I on? You know, what is this really, you know, I really started to say, what is the truth? I thought I need to start from square one. I need to start making observations. I need to see some factual purposes and not say, you're just going to believe something because you were raised in it. You know, what is the truth here? And, you know, to make a long story short, I came to saying, yes, the Bible is telling the truth. The Bible, I I support it. But at the same time, I didn't agree with the way that churches were teaching it. And at the same time, I was beginning to say again, you know, this stuff is real. There's nothing evil about it. I want to start asking questions on how it works. Is what makes it stronger? What makes it weaker? What um, things do you experience when you have these abilities? You know, the questions that a lot of people were not asking, these all led up to me being able to accept Melanie for exactly who she was and not saying, okay, just because you're a medium. Or, you know, and it was also that, the same things led to me being able to accept my wife 
even for being empathic, predicting death, as you just heard in the clip of, of the audio. Had I not said I'm going to go back to square one and re-examine my beliefs, my life wouldn't be what you hear today on the radio, David. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, who are you going to believe? You know, open your mind or not. You know, Houdini and most magicians these days are disbelievers or skeptics, but Houdini was a believer, and so was the writer of Sherlock Holmes' story seems a spiritualist. No, you know, Houdini uh, really wanted to know if there was something more to it because he's really into mysticism and all that. Unfortunately, in the field during Victorian times and later, when spiritualism was at its height, Houdini happened to unfortunately go to a charlatan and being a trickster himself, he proved this person to be a charlatan and it was wrong and it angered him because he heard, hoped to hear from his father. And so instead of going to you know, a dozen others just to see if there's anything to this, he immediately began to attack him continuously and that's kind of like where a lot of mainstream skepticism came from. Now, if you have somebody you know, on the stage that say they're this kind of person is all good and whatever, and you have somebody on the stage saying, yes, but what about this? That just doesn't really you know, make sense. And the curtain's closed and he stomps on your foot. Oh, that hurts. What did you do that for? Because you said that. Then you have another speaker in another show that had their foot stomped on and the curtain's closed and that person heals your foot. You know? So what I'm trying to say is if you're getting nefarious information, you know, you don't feel comfortable with it. It doesn't resonate with you. Stop, back up, shut the door, and, you know, think about, well, what, what I have to do now. But if something you're getting that's all positive and helps your life, you know, so forth and so on, okay. And then do like Kevin did, you know. Kevin opened his mind, and he did research. And a lot of the convincing that was proven to him was done by his wonderful wife, Stana, who is an amazing psychic. And with that said... I'd like to put Stana on the spot again, if I may. Okay, let me go ahead and get her. Now, you may want to mute this if there's sounds going on in the other room here. <laughs> okay, I love that. Huh? I love that. I really, I really think that that was really good, uh, David, because um, it, you know, a lot of people, it doesn't happen right away. You know, you, you, when you're talking to people, you have to, put the, um, when you're asking people questions and they can't answer them for you and you take, you actually take the time to go out and find out and research and find out for yourself, it's more than a sense of accomplishment, you know, it's, it's something, you know, you don't, sometimes you have to pat yourself on the back, that's what I mean. I really have stand here. Okay, but no, what I want to say is, you know, don't follow anybody blindly. Always keep your mind open. Always do that and do your research. And then if something resonates with you, okay. And with that said, we have an amazing psychic on here. Stana, welcome to the show. How are you doing tonight, young lady? Good. How about yourself? Amazing. It's so wonderful to have you on again. I'm really happy. Yes, Stana. Yes. Hi, this is Sherelle. Hello, how are you doing? Fine. How are you doing? You sound fabulous. Oh, 
it's a little bit hot out here. We had got a break in the monsoons, but you know we're not melting away too much. <laughs> you know what? That's strange. You should say that. Uh, are you near Louisiana by a state? Um, uh, actually, we have. Oh my goodness. Texas in the I, way, right? Uh, yeah, I think but, that Texas is a lot closer, and we are above Texas. Well, we just came back from my brother in Louisiana, and every other day there was a thunderstorm and humidity and this and that. And on one of the days when we were in New Orleans, it started raining. It was hot, and Cheryl said, where are you going? I said, just photograph me. And I went out and started dancing in the rain just to cool off. So am I close <laughs> to what the weather is like there? Oh yes, it um, it it got well over a hundred here today. Oh, oh my goodness. God! Wow. <laughs> so, so Stana, you know, you've been a great inspiration and advisor to your husband Kevin. You know, you have helped inspire him in so many ways that if you you weren't together, perhaps his book may not have been published, I think, but you import, uh, played a very important role in his life and the lives of others, including Melanie's life. You know, she, I know she's asking you for advice. And um, I just want to ask you two questions for right now. One is, how did you know at a certain age that you were seeing things that other people didn't? And then the other question is, um, no, I mean, well, I don't know what the second question is, but let's start with the first, and I'll think of the second one. Well, when when I was, oh gosh, I'd say about 13, that's when I, I started, you know, really you know, sensing things, not, you know, not fearing things. And, but um, my, you know, with my family, you know, they didn't. Uh, I guess you could say talk about it much. You know, I think that's a a very popular thing with you know a lot of people. You know, with gifts. You know, they're you know right. very shy and yes. But um, I I think that I had more sensing you know with, with animals and and that um, my, you know one of my first. Uh, instances, you know, with animals was when um, the guard dog that lived down the street, about three houses down from where I lived, and the dog had been known to attack people, you know, quite well. And when I uh, walked down the street one day to go to my friends, the dog actually broke through a uh, screen door and came right at me, but he stopped short, and you know, I, I just stared at him, and he laid down right in front of me. You know what that reminds me of? Remember Crocodile Dundee when he went on the on the property, and these Dobermen attacked him, and he put out his fingers and went, and stared at him, and they stopped their tracks? <laughs> was it kind of like that kind of a moment? Not, to, you know, not to really... Well, it, it was like the, do- you know, the dog stopped, didn't know what to do, and the men that lived there probably turned, you know, turned out to be drug dealers. Oh, and that's, oh that's, wow. Yeah, that's why they had the dog. And when they saw that I was not afraid and the dog 
laid down. The dog, you know, kind of whimpered, put his head down. And it was like they were amazed. I mean, I was amazed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because it could have easily been me attacked. But it was like I kind of understood, you know, what the dog did, you know, or, or, you know, why why the dog did that. Um, Another uh, experience, I was about 16 at the time, and we were coming back from Las Vegas, uh, my mother and my father and my younger sister and me, and we got as far as Phoenix. And we were sitting uh, at the gas station, and everybody you know, got a snack or, or something there. But when I got back to the car, I stood there, and my mother asked, why aren't you getting in the car? And I said, I don't know. I said, I, I just feel something is going to happen. I, and she said, oh, just get in the car. And my dad says, yes, get in. So, you know, I got in the vehicle, and we started out, and about a half a mile down the way, my mother yells, oh, my God. And I grab my sister Pulled her down on the seat, you know, you know, pulled her head down, yeah. and I ducked. And just about that time, the car hit my, you know, my uh, car door and blew out the window right over me and my sister. Oh my goodness! Ugh. And that's when I really started, I think, um, looking at things different, you know, watching things more, you know, trying to develop my sensing abilities. Now, I want to ask you a hard question, okay? But I know I can ask you because you are good, and I'm not worried about You can say anything you want. (laughs) Okay, here goes. Have you ever sensed or predicted death to anybody? Yes. Yes, I have a few people. Um, The most recent was just a few weeks ago. Um, I was a 4-H leader to a family of five kids. And the father was a disabled vet. I, I knew the man before he actually uh, lost the ability of his one leg. And him being diabetic, it was actually amputated about a year and a half after the incident of him injuring the leg. And I was the helper, uh, the volunteer that helped actually train a service dog for him and also being the 4-H leader for the kids you know we have known the kids now over 30 years of the family and when he went into the hospital and had to actually go into a nursing home kids you know they'd bring him home for birthdays and holidays and stuff they would have to take him back to the nursing home you know, in the evening the last time I saw him, which was about five weeks ago, and I told Kevin, I said, he is going to die. I said, if you don't have long, and within two weeks, he was dead. Oh, man, that's amazing. Now, since this is a Melanie dedication show, have you to each other, her to you, you to her, or mutually you know, discussed death in any way? Have you sense something about her or she said something about you or you talked about it at all 
I mean, feel free to say whatever you wish about this. Uh, I'm sure we're all curious to hear about that. Well, I know that, yes, she has um, talked you know, to me about death and what she sees. That's the one thing I have not seen is actual, you know, spirits. But um, when a person, you know, that I'm talking to actually seems like he's looking through me or I see a different color, you know, to the flesh, um, you know, I, I get a very, I guess you could say, a heavy, unnerving feeling. And each time that I have gotten that, is when um, you know, I have you know told Kevin you know some, you know something is wrong here. I actually had a woman that I sensed the death of um, when we were going to this one church. I walked up to say hello to her, and it was like she looked through the back of my head. You know, I mean, she looked into my eyes, but it was like her eyes kept going. I don't know if that makes sense or not. It certainly yes. does. You yes, know, does. I've known lots of psychics and mediums through the years and be through courses and stuff. And a lot of psychics have claimed, well, no, I just can't see spirit. I can only tell you this and that, whatever. And then, you know, mediums is another story. But, however, I was surprised that when I'm thinking that, you know what, psychics can tap into mediumship, but they get it, you know, in certain ways for some unexplained reasons so you know you are reading your Akashic records you know everything from past present and future of the person that does not preclude you getting something from spirit whether you think you're a medium or not information or you're seeing something like a medium does and that's what psychics do I mean hello you know and so you just proved it right now by telling me that so, no, I'm still doing research about it, and I'm curious about what your feelings are on that. Well, another thing that I am able also to sense, or I should say, you know, when I look at the person, sometimes I get an odd taste. You know, when I, when I look at the skin or, or the color of the skin, I get like an odd um, stale, almost a metal you know, type taste. Yeah, we call that clairhabians. Clairambience, you know, there's uh, clairvoyance, clairaudience, you know, seeing and hearing, and claircognizance, knowing, and clairhambience, taste, and claircognizance, smell, and all that stuff. So that is, you know, I hardly hear people say that, you know, about right. the taste is rare. So please continue about that. I'm really curious about that. So are the listeners. Well, when... When I have uh, visited, you know, when, when Kevin's mother was in a care home and we would go and visit, there was times that I would see, you know, the people, you know, and, you know, talk to different people. And there was one woman by the name of Naomi, and she was a uh, roommate to Kevin's mother. And I remember telling Kevin about her, I said, she does not have long. I said, I, I predict, you know, less than a month. And he asked me how I knew, and I told him, I said, you know, her, the color of her flesh, and uh, she she almost has, you know, 
what I say, like an odd taste, almost like a clay or mm. a metal, you know, you know taste. You know, you know, to, you know, when I look at her, and I, I don't know, it's, I don't know if it was, you know, what I thought was my fantasy, you know, coming through, or, or just what, but um, also, um, I have had two other people, like I say, um, Bruce, the kids, you know, that I was 4-H leader for, um, his was almost uh, like, like, uh, cold, you know, wet, and have, you know, the same metal uh, taste. And it's it's something that, you know, as long as I look at the person, you know, the taste is there. But if I turn and look away, it's, it's almost like it, you know, stops or gets very weak. And so, you know, that's, that's one you know, way that I, I guess you could say that I kind of dread, you know, when I, when I get that, you know, cause I do not like telling people, you know, that there is, you know, only limited time, especially if they are friends of mine right. or family members. That's always I, I was, hard. Yeah. I was so afraid, you know, with my father, you know, cause he recently had cancer removed, but you know, until the cancer was removed from his lung, I got that, that taste and that fear. And they managed to get all of the cancer, and so that is how I knew that he would be all right, was just seeing him, you know, after and not getting the taste anymore. We know I, I'm sorry? It tells me that you're a strong medical intuitive that you know you have you know all mediums and psychic you know have this many abilities, you know, clearing energy and being a medical intuitive and so forth and so on. And I feel that one of your stronger points is being medical intuitive. That you have not only are you medical intuitive but you have the ability to heal. Uh, you were drawn to you know, the southwestern United States for a reason, because you do have, and you know, not everybody does, but you do have a Native American shaman, spirit guide, and you also have a relative, either father, grandfather, something like that, that's either a big, powerful man or his personality is in spirit that's watching over you and helping you. If that makes any sense or not. Um, actually... Um, my great great grandfather on my mother's side was half Cherokee. Wow. That would probably be him then, because you no, know, <laughs> time does not matter in the spirit world. There's no time. They have a purpose that they're assigned. They go to it, and even if there's a generation gap, which I've seen before, that explains what what's your guiding force. You know that, and the thing that has been passed in your family that seems to maybe skip some generations, but that is inherent in your family uh, genealogy and history is your ability to discern spirits. And I, pardon me, I do see some somebody as a shaman in a prior life on, along your family lineage that has done that and the gift continues to where you got it very strong. And my, uh, my grandmother 
on my mother's side, my, my mother's mother, um, she was intuitive, and also my my mother, um, my my grandmother used to tell me stories of my mother that she would be playing outside, and there was a woman that could not walk that lived across the street from them, and she would just be sitting there looking out the window watching my mother play, and she said that all of a sudden uh, my, my mother would just get up, walk over to the mailbox, and get the mail out of the mailbox and walk up to the woman and hand the woman the mail. And my grandmother said that she had asked, you know, or I should say uh, told my mother, that was a nice thing that you did, you know. And my mother would say, oh, well, she wanted me to. You know, she she wanted me to get it. She said she wished that I would help her by getting the mail. And so, again, you know, my, my mother had a little bit of intuitiveness but she never went on to use it or to, you know, to exercise it. And so maybe, it, you know, it's passed on to me. I myself love to use it. I, I don't like to exploit a lot just because of, you know, certain fears. But, you know, I, I love, you know, being, you know, who I am. I know you do. And that's why I want to say this. Don't worry about exploiting because if it's exploiting for personal gain, and yeah, I'm I'm the woman, you know, that's not right. But if exploiting uh, elevates you to a certain height, to where a lot of people say, yeah, she's really good, and they trust you, then what that does is you have a a bigger audience to get to people that you can help. If you look at it that way, it's okay. You know, if you publish a book. It gets people's attention that are lost, that are sad, that are suffering. And they look at that, and it gives them new hope. You're not exploiting it. You're really helping people. If you make money off it or whatever, you know, that's a consequence you know, of what it is. But the thing is, as long as you're not saying, oh, I'm going to get rich, you know, all the money's all good, that's okay. But at least now people know me, they trust me, and I can get the word out. So stand up. Take a... <laughs> Take this, you know, from your husband. When are you going to publish your book about your story? Because, you know, I can talk to you for hours on the show about your experiences because I love it and it's very interesting. So, again, when are you going to write your book? you got a lot to say. <laughs> I didn't know that I'd be writing a book. Oh, you can. And it would definitely be successful. And not only that, but, you know, I learned some stuff from you. I heard something very rare about the taste, and I rarely, you know, over the years have heard that from any uh, psychic medium about the taste. I've heard it, but it's rare. You know, clear audience where they hear voices, their psychic ear, or they see stuff, whatever, but, you know, and the smell, I smell lavender perfume or cigar or whatever, sure. Told me about the taste, no. That is ultra rare, yet it does exist. And, you know, it's a pleasure to find a person that has told me about something like that. And you didn't know that it was rare. I'm sure you didn't know, but I, I do know because I do a lot of research and I work with a lot of people and I've done it for for years. So I'm saying, no, from that and the other things that you told me, 
you need to tell your story to help people. And believe me, you'll be helping people whether you publish a book and you say, well, I feel guilty, I'll do it for free or for whatever. No, I, I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just saying that you have it in you to make a successful work that would be appreciated by many. Well, you know, um, Melanie told Kevin, she said, I see you writing four books. Wow. She didn't, she didn't know that one of them was going to be of herself. Wow. And so, you know, Kevin is you know, starting you know, to put things together for the book you know, of Melanie. And he's already got, you know, his first one, you know, out there. So maybe one of the last two, you know, might be mine. <laughs> Even if you have to collaborate with him, you've got to do something. We've got to hear your word because, you know, you have so much to offer. And I did tell Kevin he had a couple more books, you know, going, but that did not preclude you. I knew you'd be a collaborator, so... You know, good luck, God bless, and just go do it. Hey, easy peasy, you know. And uh, thank you so much you know, for talking to us. Yes, thank don't, you. Don't leave or anything like that. But uh, I do want to ask Kevin if he has anything else to say in uh, Melanie's memory, you know, who, who's a medium that you know, wanted to put out a book, but she's helped a lot of people. Kevin, have um, any? Here, here, here he is. All right, thank you. Thank you for being on. We thank love you, you so much. Thank you so much. Hi, Kevin. Welcome back. Hello. I'm, thank you. We got your wife. Uh, she's going to write a book now. So we'll oh, well, <laughs> I'm the editor for her, I suppose. I, you yes, know, I've sir. got my own, own experience now. <laughs> well, not only is she going to write a book, but she's also going to collaborate on a book with you. And so that's good. I hope, hopefully we got her convinced now because she has a lot to say. And and now back to the main subject. You know, we appreciate her being on. We always love to hear from her. And you know, we can talk to her for a long time. But is there anything further you have to say about Melanie? Or could there be any callers on the line that have something to say? Sherelle, what do you think? Um, there are callers on the line. The, the next four callers in a row are all listening. So we have people listening. So um, I would like to hear what Kevin has to say. Okay, Kevin, is well, your nickel? At this point, I would, I would probably say that, uh, you know, I invited several people from the group, which is based on the book, and many of them knew Melanie. I said, if you know a story about Melanie, I'd love to have you call in. So I don't know if any of them have, you know, as opposed to the earlier callers, but if they have a story to share, I would certainly like to grant them their opportunity first. Okay, let's, okay great. Let's, let's check this check into this. We have an area code 303. Area code 303. Hello. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi, Kevin. Hi. It's Shirley. Well, hello, Shirley. You're calling me. I just had to share my uh, story with uh, Melanie. Um, I also, uh, by the way, do psychic and medium work, and I can tell you that Kevin has been an amazing godsend because I've had trouble with religious institutions and churches for a very long time, and Kevin really brought a lot of wonderful peace of mind to me. So, Kevin, thank you so much for taking the courage to write that incredible book that is so um, outspoken because it's it's a one-of-a-kind. So I do want to thank you for that. I had the uh, wonderful yes. experience of uh, connecting with Melanie Runyon, uh 
you know, approximately about three weeks before she died. And I'd always seen her around, and I had seen her, of course, in circles, and I had read some things about her that are pretty incredible. But once I got to know Melanie, we couldn't get off the phone. Uh, we were on the phone every night to each other, and she was incredibly gifted, sensitive. She was humble, and she had a very deep intuition that could just permeate you know, into worlds so easily. And I do remember that she was really needing um, information. Um, she wanted to connect with her daughter. And one of the things that is so hard that when you get on the same frequency and it's a family member, it's not so easy to bring things in. And sometimes it helps to have a little outside help for that. And I remember I was talking with her uh, about her daughter on the other side, who came in very clearly, who was an amazing being. And I think it really brought some peace to Melanie, but I do remember that I'd fallen asleep one night and I was starting to kind of drift, and I heard, I am with my daughter now. And oh. it, it was just heartbreaking. I mean, I am with my daughter now. And I, I, I was trying to understand it, and of course I saw on Facebook that she had passed overnight. And it was... It was awful. I, I couldn't even believe what I was reading. And I had just found a tremendous great friend and somebody I could relate to, somebody who understood me and my own gifts. And it was just heartbreaking to see that Melanie had passed. But she was such a bright golden light on that other side. I could barely access her. She was so high up there. And she did manage to come through, and she even said something to me that I still, I love to dance, I still love to dance. And I remember, I talked to Kevin about this, I said, am I daft in my mind? <laughs> what does she mean by that? And uh, Kevin, of course, you found that email from about 2010, where she talked about how she loved yes. to dance, is that correct? <laughs> yes, in fact, she had actually written in an email, I believe it was either 2010 or 2011, that in the past, she loved to go dancing at a club called the Wild Wild West on Iron Road in Tucson. And I, as soon as I read that, it clicked with what Shirley had told me. And I sent the message uh, to, to Shirley. I said, uh, you got your confirmation. She actually did love to dance. Uh, you know, I didn't remember it because it was not a major part of our discussions. But, you know, when I saw that, I said, Shirley was right. That's funny because wife and I were at a famous historical town, California, Point and Ray Station, and we were at the what's called the Old Western Saloon. We were there, and Sherelle was dancing, you know, so that's what it just reminded me of. <laughs> but um, so you had, you know, sometimes the last messages are very important, and I'm glad that, you know, you resonated with those messages. Now, you know, I do see you're psychic, and you have different gifts. Could you tell us, please, you know, because this is important to Melanie's memory, a little bit about yourself, that is, if, if you don't mind. Well, You're talking to Shirley. Yes, to Shirley. Okay, um, myself, I am very clairaudient, clairvoyant. I have been able to connect with spirits since about six years old. Uh, I do do intuitive work. Uh, I do um, DNA activation work. Uh, I work tremendously with uh, the movement of energy in order to facilitate a new language and resonation in people's lives. Uh, I, my medium work uh, comes in very powerfully. Um, very blessed to connect with people like Stana, people like yourself and uh, Kevin. Uh, great blessings. 
and um, I'm also a Matrix Energetics uh, practitioner. And it's been a very, very interesting world, especially in the last six months. I don't know if you guys have noticed it, how much the consciousness and the evolving of just the world in general is really starting to take off and change. And yes. I'm, gonna, I'm seeing it and all the psychics. And, you know, Stana is an amazing facilitator um, between worlds. This woman's amazing. And she doesn't realize how amazing she is. You're absolutely right. So uh, that, that's about me. But the, the main reason I called in is to be able to connect and understand the tremendous energy and beauty of uh, Melanie's spirit and be able to understand her gifts and appreciate her was a great gift to me. And, of course, um, Kevin and Stan are, thank God, you know, they're, they're still here where I can still connect with them and talk to them every day. So it's fabulous. Well, thank you, Shirley, for that information. We really appreciate it. And, yes, what I do have in the near future, my mediumship classes, I know Stan is a medium, and I'm, I'm going to get her in that class and get her to doing it. I know you're already a medium, but I see your main gifts are um, being a healer and a spiritual scientist and a teacher and your highly evolved teacher and and everything else that you do stems from that but no, I just had to tell you that, that you are a highly evolved teacher that's very important and secondly you're a healer and yes you're a psychic uh, medium but the key word there is a teacher because you are an old soul so I hope you don't mind me saying that about you, you know, before we move on. Well, to be truthful, I am very honored that you said that to me, and I will take that very much to heart. Thank you. Well, I see what I see. I don't know if you have a website or a book, but you need to because you will be followed by a lot of people. And believe me, I'm telling you the truth, and I don't say that to everybody. I can see it in your energy. Thank you. All right. Thank you for calling in. God thank bless. Thank you so, so much for calling in, Shirley. You're very well. Really appreciate it. Yes, well, uh, if I could say something here, I know there's not too many minutes left of the show, but Shirley was a prime example of what Melanie said she needed to do a lot of before, you know, her time was up, which was she wanted to mentor the younger mediums of the world, uh, um, Michelle D'Souza, who was over in Novagoa, India, made contact with her, and they would have a lot of conversations. She would tell her what areas she needed to come out with, what areas she needed to develop. Um, Terry Thompson, who was um, a medium over in England, Melanie said that you know, she had a gift for spirit art, and she started developing it and making sketches of her visions from that. Um, these are the kind of things um, I think I probably shared with you too, David. You've had Elma uh, Myrtle on your show um, back yes. the day after Melanie was on, and it was the uh, it was the morning after it was March 9th that I was taking Ryan back from his girlfriends, and I suddenly had this. I was praying to Laura, said, "Thank you that you now are watching over Melanie, that you are." you know, becoming a mentor and guide to younger mediums such as Alma, and I stopped myself cold. I said, what the heck am I saying? And I went back and I sent a message to Alma. I said, was I just prattling on it, or was there any substance to that? And she says, no, Melanie did come to me. She said, she is one of my guides now. Yes, she is. 
And that's amazing that you realize that. And talking about something kind of like not ultra rare, but not, but not common is the uh, medium who could, you know, draw spiritual pictures. Now I have a close friend, Charles Phyllis. His website is extralargemedium.com, Charles Phyllis. Now he's a friend with the psychic trends and a lot of other people, but us too, we've worked with him before. And he'll, he's, he's a medium, he's a cartoonist, and he's a comedian. And he does spiritual drawings. I know of only two other mediums that do that until you just announced this. So yes, it does exist. And yes, I've seen the, uh, I've seen the sketches that he's done and it's totally amazing. I mean, no. Whew. It's all done to help us and, and only impress us not for anything more to make you open your mind and believe that there's some good there and there's somebody on the other side trying to reach out to you, not to tell you to walk your path or how to run your life, but to when you're on the down part to lift you back up again. Right. You see and I've had people... Yes, very much, and that's exactly what Melanie has done. Even in her lifetime, as I read back through the messages, she was encouraging me, not that I'm a medium, not a psychic, but for what I do, which is, you know, a spiritual teacher, she would say, you know, yes, there's a lot of mediums out there, Kevin, but there's nobody doing what you do, which is to teach the Bible to them and the truth of the Bible. So she was encouraging my gift as I went along. And I really feel that that's what she felt was a very strong mission after she realized her gift was from the Lord and was not evil. She began to really take on the role of being an encourager and a mentor to gifted people everywhere. And I've I've had people say, you know, Melanie, rest in peace. I said, Melanie may be a spirit, but she's hardly resting at all because I said she is busier than she ever was in her lifetime. I believe that. See, Kevin? I know you're psychic and you just didn't know it. Only you suspect it. But you are psychic and there's nothing wrong with that. I know I know Catholic priests and nuns and Lutherans and, and Baptists that are psychics and mediums, but they don't go spreading the word all over, but they are that they keep to their faith. Knowing that, you know, okay, you're psychic, it's all good. And you do have a touch of mediumship in you too because you are not only trusting of, but able to discern that these messages coming to you are authentic, which you have privately told me. I said, oh my God, Kevin, you're finally opening up and you're there, but I don't know how to approach you to tell you that you are what you are because you may disbelieve it, but believe me, Kevin, you are getting there. No, so... Right. And that was the sound like you told Melanie earlier is that some people don't necessarily have it from birth, but that they have it due to occurrences that happen in their lives. And I, I, I fully believe that. Well, actually, you are born that way, Kevin, just like you believe. If you're not born that way, then you don't have it. Because there are a lot of charlatans out there or people allow it because psychics at mediums that are true are actually rare. But if you're born with it, now, see, you know, Sylvia Brown, uh, I met her in my home back in 1965 before she did her stuff, which is really weird because I had dreams about her, but that's another story. Anyway, 
she saw a spirit guide at age 13 and started doing this stuff, okay? I had experiences all my life, didn't start doing the stuff until I was in my 50s, and I'm 64, okay? So just, you know, there's a lot of people who are saying lately that they're late bloomers, okay? My point is that, you you know, some everybody's experience is different, you know? And if you're evolved to a certain way that which does not make you better than the other person who is not, yeah, absolutely not, it's only experience, so don't put a label on it. But what I'm just trying to say to his experience, uh, maybe it's uh, her time that she's, you know, been through certain experiences that she could start it early. And your experience, Kevin, you were born with it, but you were not meant to realize it until you went through trials and tribulations. And then it's, okay, now I'm a late bloomer. You, you see what I mean? That's what, and uh, the I show is it. just about to come to an end, but that's what I wanted to say. Okay, and uh, um, I agree with what you're saying, and again, this is what Melanie was about. I, I think it, this is the pe- one of the best ways to end it on this note. Thank you, Melanie, for all you did. We know you're in spirit. God bless you, Melanie. God bless you, Stana, Kevin, Sherelle, myself, and everybody listening, and everybody else. We will make it a better world. Right, Kevin? And thank you yes, for your great we will. Time. Yes, we will. Thank you. And Kevin, tell us quickly the name of your book and your website once again. It's called The Bible, The Truth About Psychics and Spiritual Gifts. It's available on Amazon and print and Kindle, and the website is www.bibleforpsychics.com. Thank you very much, and God bless everybody. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Gate Radio on our Sunday, July twentieth, two 2014 edition. Good night, everybody, and we wish only the best for you. Good night, David and Sherelle. Good night, Kim. Good night. Good night, Stana, says too. Good night, Stana. We love you. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Good night, Melanie. Yeah. Good night. 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 Good